just keep moving forward because if it is a burning message on your heart, it needs to get out there somehow and the way is for you to figure out and you will eventually. unconventional leader. Maybe you are the one that everyone discounted. Maybe you struggle with fear and self-doubt. We are here to empower the next generation of self-starters to step up, use their voice, and make an impact in this world. You're listening to The Weekly Parody. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. If this is your first time listening, my name is Heather Parody, and I am your host. This show is dedicated to unconventional leaders, those of you who feel called to do something great out in the world, but are doing it in an unconventional way. If you think outside the box, your gifts and your talents are a little different, your message may be countercultural. Whatever that may be, we are here to support and empower you to step up, use your voice, and make a difference in this world. So, okay, here's a little bit of raw and real authenticness from Heather Parody. Um, I'm high strung, a little high strung. Those of you who know me well are thinking, no to Heather, but <laughs> if you don't know who I am, if you met me, you would just be like, okay, girl, chill out a little bit. Um, I'm caffeinated all the time. I'm very goal-oriented. I love taking action. I love to-do lists. I just wake up in the morning and I'm like, boom, 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 let's go. And I've all, I mean, I've always been that way. One of my weaknesses is trusting, trusting the process. You know how people say, you need to trust the process. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. What can I do until then? You know, while I'm sitting here trusting the process, can you tell me what I can do to kind of help the process a little bit? <laughs> That's kind of what I naturally am drawn towards. And I think there's a really good element of that where we need to be action oriented and we need to take steps. I mean, this is what this whole show's about. But then there's this other side to things where you can only do so much. And there is a point where all of your effort stops and you have to count on something bigger than you, divine intervention to come in alongside of you and meet you the rest of the way and carry you the rest of the way. And so this is just me being honest and real with you. This is a very hard topic for me, trusting the process, following your intuition, tuning in, all of that stuff is a practice, something I have to practice personally. So just want to intro the show that way, that this is something that's hard for me. If it's hard for you too, I feel you. <laughs> Our guest this week is Isabel Hunt. She is an emotional clearing coach, and she helps people become more self-aware so they can tune in to what they're called to do and take steps towards, towards that. But before we get started, if you have not subscribed to this podcast, please head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, hit that subscribe button and listen. If you have not left a review yet, I would greatly appreciate if you did. It helps so much hearing you guys' feedback and hearing what you think about the show. So I'd really appreciate if you guys took a sec to do that. All right, so let's go ahead and get into this episode on how to trust the process and follow your intuition with Isabel Hunt. Welcome to today's episode. We have my dear friend, Isabel Hunt with us. I'm so excited to have her on. We, if you guys remember, I don't know if you remember 
back a long time ago. I think it was episode four or six or eight or it was under 10. Some, something. Yeah. Yeah. You were one of the very first people I interviewed on my podcast. Uh, if you are a new listener, this, this show was relaunched a few weeks ago and I had a show for about a year and a half and Isabel was one of my very first podcast interviews. And it was before I knew anything about podcasting and it was probably <laughs> terrible. I don't even remember it, but uh, we decided just to redo a new one and dig in a little bit more into Isabel's work and just the powerful message that she has. So thank you, Isabel, for letting me interview you again. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I mean, if you take a look at your work from then to now, there's a huge jump. So I'm totally honored to be back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And hopefully it'll be another jump. And, you know, let's just go ahead and dig right in. I think that's one of the things I've been thinking so much about is really a show I just I just recorded. We talked about diligence and mm-hmm. just sticking with stuff. And even if stuff's not working for you right now, you just got to hang in there and it's going to get a little bit better and it's going to get a little bit better, hopefully. <laughs> if not, maybe you need to change industry. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, Isabel, so let me, let me share a little bit. She, uh, her journey started with a prophetic dream at the age of 12. I mean, if that is not an awesome intro to you, everybody's curiosity is not up right now. Oh my gosh, at 12, how old is she now? (laughs) Well, tell us a little bit about it. What what brought you here? You're from Germany. For those who've never heard you, know who you are, give us a little bit of insight. I love that you just stopped by the dream. That's really awesome. (laughs) I was going to read your bio, but I was like, nah, let me just stop at this prophetic dream and just go from there. All right. Well, for those who have totally no clue what I actually do, I am an inspirational speaker and a certified transformation coach. I work mostly with very highly sensitive uh, world changers and visionaries, which is usually you would consider them the intro extrovert people. Um, And I'm also an emotions clearing practitioner and author of my book, The Power Faith Driven Success and Amazon bestselling co-author. And we're launching a new book in September and yeah, a lot, lot, lots, lots of things going on. But uh, yes, back to the dream. Uh, When I was, I always I always felt a little different. And for those who don't know, I grew up in East Germany. So I grew up behind the wall, no hints hints and anything intended. Um, I grew up behind the wall um, and I personally didn't experience too much. There wasn't really a wall where I grew up. There was just a checkpoint. So just in case people were wondering, oh my gosh, there was a wall from North to South. No, there was not. Yeah. So it was quite interesting, though, to experience the world from that perspective, because when you grow up in a more communist part of a country, everything is very uh, organized, very uh, socialized as well. Like children had to go to kindergarten, children had to go to preschool and all those things to to learn how to socialize. So it wasn't all bad. Um, But it also taught me a great deal about people and how I experienced the world. And most of the time, it was always that dream we need to get out. What would the world look like outside of that? Because we weren't allowed to go anywhere westward. We did go to Czech Republic every now and then Poland for vacation, but that's pretty as far as you could go because at that point they were um, communistic as well. So of course you were able to go there. Um, 
Anyways, but I always told my parents that somehow I feel that I can see the world as it's in the snow globe. Like I can rise up and I can see everything from above, from like a bird's eye view. And I just know things. I just know what's going on that I couldn't logically know at that point, especially when the wall came down, I was about seven. And so I wasn't that old, but having said and told that my parents from a very young age. And when I was 12 years old, so that was shortly after the wall came down, I had this really significant prophetic dream that I would be standing in or where where I saw myself. I watched myself standing on a big stage. I was very comfortable, very peaceful up there. I didn't feel like nervous or anything. And there were thousands of people in front of me. And I could see myself as an adult. I knew it was me, but I couldn't understand what I was saying because it was all in a different language. I was like, I don't know what that means. Well, a couple of years later, we had Americans come to our little town for a mission trip or something with our church. And one of them stayed with us. And of course, he, he spoke somewhat German, but mostly English. And we tried to communicate with him. And I heard him speak. And I was like, that's what it was, English. It was this American English because we only learned British English in Europe. <laughs> Just in case anyone's wondering, um, we learned British English. And... So I heard him speak and I was like, that's exactly where I'm supposed to go. And from that day on, I just always subconsciously had that in mind. At the age of 18, I came to the U.S. for the first time as a foreign exchange year as a nanny. And then after that, I went back to Germany, got my degree. It was a bit of an up and down because I started with economics, thinking that this would totally get me a job in the U.S. And uh, yeah, get the stream started. Mm hmm. Sure. Well, the thing is, if you're too attached to the outcome and how things are supposed to work out, usually you get really, really trapped and you make the wrong decisions, which I did. I ended up with depression, anxiety, and all this really not so fun stuff. I had to see a doctor at some point because it got really critical um, to the point that even my dad started to stay with me for a while because he was also into social work. And so he had those, he was familiar with those cases of severe depression. And I got kicked out after two years from the university. Uh, I got a nice letter. I don't think I have this letter. Maybe I should have just framed it or something because they did me a, they did me well with that. Um, anyways, I started over with sociology and psychology. So my degree is actually as a um, sociologist, and which I loved was really great. And then after that, I came back to the U.S. at the age of 26, 27, losing track of time. Anyways, I came back again as a nanny and I moved literally from New York to San Francisco and then ended up in, in Indianapolis, where I'm at now. And it was still a lot of ups and downs, a lot of lying, betrayal, people kicking me out of their homes. And every time I wondered why, am I really such a bad person that people don't want to be with me, that they, that they have to make up lies about me? Because I knew it almost was like gaslighting, where at some point I started to really question who I was and if I just see the world differently than what is actually going on, like I'm making stuff up. But a friend of mine said, no, it's not true. The only thing that is different with you, you see people. You look at their soul. You look at people and they know that you know something about them that they don't want you to know. You know, we, we all keep something inside of us that is uncomfortable. Maybe that, that's embarrassing or awkward if people would know about it, even if it's just about our insecurities. But 
when people usually talk to me, I pretty much can sense that. It's very easy for me to say, you know, well, but there's no judgment. It's just what I see. It's like, well, that's what it is. Like when you're talking to me right now, you can sense things about me, even though you know me. You already know that. Yeah. (laughs) But things that, okay, so we're, we're good friends and you know me pretty well. So you can sense things about me that you, I haven't necessarily told you about, or you're sensing things right now. Um, I could, if I would pay more close attention probably, but there's nothing, you know, there's nothing with you where I would think you totally just don't want anyone to know about it because you're very open with me. I mean, there's not much that you don't tell me. So (laughs) it's hard for me to tell. I mean, I already knew a lot of things before we even got on the phone for the first time. And I don't know how many years it's been three, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that, three or four. Yeah. Uh, So So it's hard to tell. How have you used, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but Mm -hmm. how have you used this gift that you have and made it into a business? Because I know a lot of our listeners, they have a gift or a calling and they feel kind of confused on, okay, how do I translate that into Mm -hmm. impacting other people's lives? So where was your journey with that? Um, I think I always had in mind that I loved psychology. Anything that had to do with the human behavior, how people's brain works. I I started reading psychology books at the age of 12, 13. I studied with my dad when he went through his uh, degree, pretty much. I I read all of his books almost. And uh, I I don't think I was very aware of my gift until, until just about seven years ago. And it was my dad. I was sitting on the train in San Francisco and I was supposed to change families again to work for another family. And I was on the phone with him and I said to him, I'm like, I don't know if I'm supposed to work for this family. It sounds like a great opportunity. They would take me to Cape Cod and it was really great. And, and he said, well, what is your gut instinct telling you? Mm. And I said, my gut instinct tells me no, but I'm really afraid to say no because I think that would mean I would have to come home. And he said, Isabel, you need to learn to trust your intuition more because the gift that you have is what you are called to work with. Mm-hmm. And so I have to thank my dad for that. Um, through this whole up and down, like I almost got deported in between. I had to go to Canada and my now husband didn't want to get married. It was a really crazy story. And if anyone who is interested in the details, they can read my book. Otherwise it would probably go a little too long, but it was quite interesting when I finally got to the point where Abe said, yes, we're going to get married. I can't have you leave. We need to figure just something out, how to, how to make this work without doing anything illegal. So we did. But at that point, I wasn't the girl who struggled anymore. And that totally threw me into an identity crisis. And first, I wanted to get into counseling. And you know how that feels. I want to get into counseling. I was getting close to to getting accepted into the master's for counseling. when I actually did get accepted for it. Uh, But I didn't have $60,000. So my husband's like, I don't know if that's even what you're supposed to do. And I was like, I don't know, but that's what I studied. Like, why wouldn't I want to do that? Mm. And then we met a friend through a friend who said, well, how about coaching? Like, what is coaching? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. It's not really a job. It sounds more like a, a hobby. And he said, well, you can actually have your own business. And through the coaching, it was a spiritual coaching 
where, you know, when something is so intense that you just have a love-hate relationship to it, <laughs> like they totally, all those coaches, sometimes you wanted to punch them and then other times you just wanted to hug them. Mm -hmm. um, but that's when I really understood the gifts and how to use them and how I can actually use them in a business setting and what I can do with it. So I think anyone who has a gift or a calling, it is very, very important to create awareness because everything around you starts to form and to shape so that eventually you get to the point where you say, this is how I'm supposed to use it. Mm. If it wasn't for the coaching training, if it wasn't for my husband who, pu who pushed me to do it, and if it wasn't for those coaches, I don't think I would have been able to use the gifts the unique gifts that I have that you can't just go and say, I'm going to be a painter or I'm going to uh, be a teacher. I mean, I could have done all those things, but it wouldn't have been in particular to my gift. And so I see that with all of my clients, they say, I have this gift or I feel like I have a gift or I have this message and I don't know how to bring this into a business. But once they really take a look around and are less focused on how to make it work, they start to see people talking about things that resonate, uh, other people creating something that really resonates where they can just switch out some components so it works for them. It is always about paying attention how things around you start to shape when you have the expectation that you will use your gift for greater good and within a business setting, if you want to be an entrepreneur. Amen. You've talked a lot about intuition. That word comes up, intuition, intuition. How do we recognize what our intuition is saying? And let me explain this a little bit, because I know for me, I will um, make excuses for all different things. I'll second guess a lot, like, oh, is this my intuition or is this fear? What voice is this? How do we really identify what those voices are inside of us and know which one to listen to? Mm -hmm. First of all, I can totally relate to that because uh, I've been there many, many times and sometimes I still get there. It's like this inner conversation that you have going on with yourself. What I've learned is for intuition, there are different components that play a role. For one, if you find yourself in a situation where you can truly say yes to something, pay attention, pay attention where you feel that in your body. Most of us feel a yes in, around their solar plexus, which is around your stomach. Um, this is uh, almost, for a lot of people, it is that place where they just can feel that yes, where you feel this tinkling going on. Or when you get really excited, some people have this tinkling around their forehead and their knees, like at least that's where I have it. But a lot of times it's it's either the head or the, the stomach where they can feel a really true yes. And usually when it's a no for you and your body is reluctant to even going any further, you feel it on your shoulders or even on your chest, you have trouble breathing. So whenever you have to make a decision, pay attention to how you breathe. If you in that moment have more of a shallow breathing going on, then ask yourself, is that really the, the direction I'm supposed to go. But if you find yourself breathing more openly, that usually is a sign that you're walking in the right direction or that you are called to make this decision. Sometimes what happens to me is when I'm making this decision, let's say, um, 
I hired a speaking coach. It was a lot of money to pay her. And I was like, I don't know if that fits in my budget. Uh -uh." So I had this voice, but in my stomach, I felt yes. In my head, I was like, maybe later, maybe not. And then uh, something just in in the back of my head said, just do it, just do it. And so I did, and the money was there, no problem. And it was the best experience. It has helped me over the last two years tremendously. But really paying attention to where you feel it in your body. And when you meditate, for example, I think intuition accessing your heart is also a place of stillness. It is very hard to hear if we're always busy, if we're always trying to make things happen, if we always add to our to-do list, then it's really, really hard to even recognize that that inner voice. There is just too much going on around you. So when you meditate and you have a big decision ahead of you, pay attention where it's coming from, how clear it is. Most of the time when your mind is responding from a place of, oh no, that's outside of your comfort zone. No, we're not going to do that. That's not safe. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Then you know that this is probably coming from a fear, from a place of fear. But if the voice is very quiet, almost like a whisper, and it gives you that little nudge like, hey, I know you can do this. Mm-hmm. And that's usually your intuition speaking, your, your soul really connected to the spirit, um, sending you that message. Your soul literally acts like a channel between the spirit and your body, the physical and the supernatural. And so when you hear this quiet voice, it's, I think it's not even hearing or really tapping into your intuition. It's trusting it. That's the bigger Mm. issue. Ooh, that's the truth. Why is that hard? (laughs) Um, Because there are a lot of components that we tend to compare ourselves with. If it's the expectation of parents, of your spouse, maybe, or social expectations, because often when it comes to our own path, it is not like everyone else would expect it. Uh, There was one situation where I trusted my intuition and married my now husband. My parents hadn't met him before we met, before we got married. Like we literally got married within two weeks. There were just uh, two of our friends there. And okay, after a year of knowing each other, but during that year, I was also gone for three months back in Germany to get some stuff done. So, I mean, it really, that really was a gut reaction, like a gut knowing, an intuition knowing. And we got married and I trusted it. And my grandfather said to my sister, and I know today if he would know, if he would remember that, he probably would regret having said that. But he said, oh, now she got got married to a rich American. Well, that's probably the best decision she could have ever done. Or that's probably the only reason why she did it. Like it was kind of a very diminishing response to my decision. And my sister told me about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, did I make the wrong decision? And by any stretch, my husband is not rich. Um, I don't know where he got that from, but apparently in Europe, a lot of people think Americans are all rich, um, whatever that means. But it really was, it was a punch in the, in the gut, literally, where I was like, okay, I trusted my intuition, but now there are all those people that I really love and that are close to me that talk against it, that say, oh, I just did that for this one reason, or I, I did the, made the wrong decision, or I will know eventually that it was the wrong decision. Let me say that. We have been married for um, almost eight years happily. 
we're <laughs> like we have a little boy it, it we even work together in some cases so um it wasn't so i think the trust comes hard because we want to we want to fit in we want to be seen we want to be acknowledged we want to have this affirmation with every decision that we do that we made the right decision and the thing is sometimes and even often you don't get that affirmation because maybe you take a step other people never even thought of so they don't know what to expect maybe you take a step that other people would have wished they would have taken. So of course they will go like, yeah, are you sure? Maybe you shouldn't. And I tried and it didn't work. And, and that's sometimes a little bit of a lonely place. And I think that's where the trust becomes very hard when you're in that place of not much support in the decision that you've made, even if it's just a small decision, it doesn't have to be anything big like getting married. Uh, but even just starting your business or just working with clients, even when you don't quite feel ready, but you know, you have the knowledge, you know, you have the skills and you, you just have to go for it. Um, again, if you, if you don't do it, then that's probably because you compare yourself to what other people say on social media. You're not really blah, 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 whatever your description would be of your, of your work, because you don't have the years of experience or you don't have the wisdom. They always say with age comes wisdom. I don't believe that at all. <laughs> we have more wisdom when we're younger than when we're older, because our wisdom is always covered up by our experience. So mm, that's um, good. Right. Yeah. So you have the two little kids so you know they always go with their gut instinct sometimes you just have to laugh really hard because like well duh mm-hmm. I should have thought of that yeah yeah so Isabel your your work and I know I've kind of been all over the place I've just been super selfish with my questions because I want to know these answers from you but <laughs> to kind of bring it back in your work really involves helping people get in touch and understand their emotions and not not fight their emotions but really understand the purpose of them being there and what that is saying about their lives and just helping people to process through and become more aware, more aware. And you used that term earlier. So here's my, my thought with that. Um, and one of the reasons I really like you and I think get along with you is you have that side to you where you're very intuitive and you like stillness and peace and you'll take little retreats and you're about meditation and you have all that stuff going. But you also have this other side where you work really hard. You're one of the hardest workers I know, or you are really, I mean, you are, you do a lot of stuff and you're really diligent with, with the work that you do. And I haven't seen a lot of people balance both of those things really well. It's either kind of like, I'm in the Zen state. I'm going to meditate all day and then never get around to writing on my blog or somebody who's hustling all the time and working and they never, ever breathe and all their relationships are gone to pits. So for you personally, and I would love just kind of your insight on how we can do this is, you know, entrepreneurs or leaders who are wanting to be centered and focused on the things that matter and be intuitive and aware, but also be productive and diligent with their work. How do you personally balance those two worlds? That's hard. Sometimes I go to bed at night and I think, oh my gosh, you started working this morning at nine o'clock and you just went to bed and you didn't really take a break in between. So there's nothing perfect. And sometimes what people see on the outside is just the, the, the tip of the iceberg where I'm like, you have no idea how many hours I just sit <laughs> on this dang article. <laughs> but what I've learned is to really listen to what comes up because when I am in the stage of overworked and too much hustle and not pay attention, in my work, I call it 
being um, divinely inspired. And, and another coach pulled me right back into that even last week. Like that's how you can see that even I, after all those years get so sucked into the hustle many times that I forget to just really feel divinely inspired and to do the work that matters to me and that bring me joy. Because when it brings me joy, it automatically brings other people joy because it always ends up to be something that serves other people and myself. And so when I get into a place of extreme hustle and I don't take many breaks, I get very angry. I get frustrated. I get overwhelmed. And that's where my work with emotions comes in because I can stop it right there. And then I'm like, oh, I feel angry. Okay. Where did I not respect my own boundaries? Where did I step over this? Where did I leave out some of the things that are not in alignment or that are in alignment with my calling and my purpose? And those are always interesting questions. And like, Isabel, just go back to trusting and stop working. <laughs> just because you start working doesn't mean that God stops working for you. You are just here to plant the seeds. And the rest you can't always influence. You can always put in the work just so much. But at some point, you need to let it go. My coach, she reminded me, and, and like you know, I see colors around people. And it's not aura. It's really their vibration that comes at me. And my brain turns that into color. There are other people where it turns that into musical tones. And it's really interesting. She said to me, just focus on your projects, each one at a time. If it's your book, if it's your online program, if it's something else, what color is around it? And what color do you have to send to it, meaning the energy, for it to spread, for it to go out even further? And with that knowing, I just can go with my intuition, whatever shows up, and I just do it. And then usually... I don't have, I have to stop right there. And then what usually happens is I have 10 people sign up here or I have mm -hmm. uh, suddenly people reach out to me like, Hey, can I, can I see how I can work with you? And it's quite interesting when I do that. But again, it takes quite some trust. And when you see how fast some other people move forward and what they all do and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I need to do this too. Oh, okay. I need to, need to put that on my calendar. But then I have to, then I get really worn out and yeah then again, then it comes to fear comes in that the anger comes in and I'm recognizing, okay, I can actually trust my, my emotional messenger. Like whatever I experience carries me forward or has me stop. Yeah. But always remember not any emotion carries you backward. It's either stopping you to say, Hey, pay attention. Where are you at? Where are you out of alignment? What is really that next step? might scare you a little bit, but I'm here. Trust me. Or they carry you forward like joy, happiness. And okay, happiness is a, is a tricky one because everyone is like yearning for happiness. So we do whatever it takes to get to that point. Eventually, we pretty much sell our souls to being happy. We buy into that program. We do this workout to be happy. And once I lose some weight, I feel happy. Like we never actually experience happiness in the moment. We always sell our souls to experience something that we can't even experience in the moment. Um, so happiness is actually experiencing all that is. That mm -hmm. 
that almost like that bubble around all the experiencing and honoring what we experience. And with that, it has helped me to make decisions faster. It has helped me to keep me healthier so I can serve better. It has helped me to create project faster because I could feel the joy coming up when I just thought of it. So I was like, all right, I'm trusting that I get this divine download of whatever I'm supposed to put into the program. I'll do it. And then usually it's even done within just two weeks or three weeks. It happened with my book. It happened with my online uh, program about emotions. Everything happened exactly that way. And that's why emotions are so important for any of us. It helps us to stay focused. It still helps us to stay in the present moment. And it helps us to reflect instead of respond to other people. Yeah. And I think it goes back around to what you said at the beginning to kind of circle around here. And I'd made note of it. Um, is that you, the importance of not being attached to a certain outcome mm. and being really rigid. And I actually heard Oprah, shout out to Oprah, everybody who loves Oprah, I love Oprah. Uh, she was saying everything changed for her. Everything changed for her when she started letting go of outcome, mm. just releasing that. She said that's when she experienced the success that she you know, had worked so hard for. And so we're wrapping up here in just a second, but what... How, how do we let go of outcomes and not be attached to things so strong and yet still be ambitious? Okay, a good example, because it's hard to explain without an example. So a good example, um, right now, it's perfect. I, I, I knew, like I got all those emails about, you need to be on a TED stage. You need to get your message out there. I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't think my work is like a TEDx topic. It's more of a keynote, a motivational, inspirational uh, work that I do. But people kept pushing and pushing and people that I didn't even know. And suddenly it just showed up everywhere. I was like, okay, I guess that's a sign. And then I even had this dream, right? And from that dream, my TED Talk came together. (laughs) I wrote this TED Talk in one day sitting outside at the park because it was just that divine download. So I knew, oh, it's coming easy. So it's definitely meant to somehow. But then I started to get attached to when it is supposed to happen and where it is supposed to happen. So so I, I applied to all those different TED Talks and then I was really disappointed when I didn't hear back from them or when I knew they already made their decision or it already passed and I didn't get in. And so all I heard was, it was even just the other day, like, just keep applying without being attached to where the right people need to hear it. And sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes you're called to do certain work in the now, but people are still being prepared for being able to hear what you have to say. So maybe you needed to hear it now. But other people, if you would actually get it out now, people wouldn't be able to hear it and you would be very disappointed because nobody responds to your very important message. But if you just trust and you just continue, like I, you just continue applying for different TED stages that really feel positive to you, that you can can align with uh, without thinking, this is the one that's going to work out or this is probably not the one that's going to work out. Just let it go. Just yeah. let it go. I applied. Yeah. I did my. I'm. I did my work. I put my work in, and the rest is not up to me. I can't influence that. 
And eventually this is going to happen when the world is ready for your message. And there's the same with business. You just continue to do the work that you feel led to do in this moment. And I know this is hard because I know it for myself. Sometimes you sit there and I was like, what, why am I doing all this work? And nothing seems to come back to me. But then I re receive those reminders where people say, yeah. You did it because you will be ready when people are ready to hear it. Yeah. So my TED Talk is right here. It's edited. I'm starting to memorize it. And whenever people are ready to hear it, I will go on that stage and I will be prepared without freaking out <laughs> and going crazy. Um, and sometimes that's the reminder. I don't know when. I just have to be ready. And if I don't see the results right now, I have to trust that the results will come eventually just because I trusted my heart and not in a selfish way, in a self-centered way, but really it's a message is something that does support other people, that does have a bigger message, that does bring people together. I mean, you know it. My desire really is to help the individual communities, nations, countries to meet once again on, on equal ground through emotional healing. That is my big goal. And that's pretty much what the TED Talk is about as well. But maybe the time right now is not there that people are able or willing to hear it. Not just yet. Yeah. And yet I do the work. I continue to yeah. apply, maybe do other speaking engagements in between where I can use part of the message. Whatever that is, I still put the work in with the trust that I do the work and that eventually I'll get on that stage. Absolutely. I really, I really appreciate your vulnerability in that because I know when people start off in their venture, some people get so discouraged when they just doesn't start popping for them and they don't get all these opportunities. And you've been doing this for years and years and you're still saying, Hey, yeah. sometimes <laughs> I have to put the work up in advance, put it down and just trust and release it that it's going to happen at the right time. And that's just something yeah. that is a part of it. Yeah. I, I just now get the biggest checks from Amazon from my book. And it's been three years that I released it. And I was like, when I wrote it and published, I'm like, this is going to be the big moment for me, right? And yeah, I had a couple hundred books sold. And they're like, well, Amazon doesn't give you too much for that one. Um, and now, now people are like, oh my gosh, I love your book. And I get all those messages. I'm like, what? I didn't pay attention to my book lady. Like it was just that next to me. Like, yeah, I, I wrote that book three years ago. But as I said, you never know when people are ready. Now yeah. I'm like, well, I'm glad I wrote that book because now it really supports people that are open for the message and now yeah. I'm getting the bigger checks from Amazon. It's kind of nice. Yeah, that's what's up. I didn't expect that. Uh, so that just shows how sometimes we need to do the work in advance before it really impacts the, the crowd or even just the people yeah. that you want to impact. Yeah, I love that. Forgive me for keeping you a little bit past. Uh, before our last question, where can people connect with you online? And you also have an emotional clearing course available. So where can people find that? Mm -hmm. um, first of all, the, the emotions course is called The Empowered Warrior, uh, How to Successfully Navigate Your Emotional World. It's, it's really it's for anyone who is even stressed all day long. It's, it's really a simple way to just implement it into your everyday life. Uh, that one is at theempoweredwarrior.com. And uh, anything like how to work with me on an individual basis, one-on-one, -on -one, or experience some of that emotions clearing that we've talked about before, um, you can find that on my website, isabahunt.com, H-U-N-D-T. People always forget the D from my last name. Uh, under work with me, um, 
So that, that's where you can find the detail. Or if you have any questions, people can just reach out to me at Isabel at faithdrivensuccess.com. Awesome. All of that, of course, will be linked in the show notes. Please connect with her. I can attest that she is an amazing person and legit with everything that she does. So my last question, you know what it is. Um, my heart is for those who are outside the box, who feel countercultural, who feel like the underdog. They're the ones that are coming to the world with a strong calling and a passion for something. But man, it's different. People don't understand them. People think that they're crazy. People say, hey, that's not going to work. People won't buy that. People won't uh, support you. But they know deep down this intuition you're talking about that this is what they're supposed to do. What would you say to that individual? How would you encourage them in their journey? Call me. Um, no, actually the same advice my coach gave me, I'm Jennifer Racer, amazing coach. Anyone who wants to reach out to her, but she said, Isabel, you're a renegade. You will never do things like anyone else. And that keeps me going for the last five years. Every time I I question anything or I just like, ah, maybe I shouldn't do this. Like Isabel, you're a renegade. You will never do things like anyone else. So remember We're all on our own path. And what you feel in your heart is there for a reason. So you just go for it. There might be failures. There might be mistakes. It may not all be as glorious because your message doesn't really have much to do with the way you implement it. You just have to find the right way to get it out there. And that sometimes is a bit of a tricky, like, oh, let's see if that works actually better for me. We don't know that. We don't know what we don't know, right? Yeah. So just trust it and be okay with experimenting a little bit. Be okay with investing in yourself and always take lessons from everything that happens to you and everything that that you experience as an individual and take that to move forward. There's always a next day. There's always more to be learned. Just keep moving forward because if it is a burning message on your heart, it needs to get out there somehow and the way is for you to figure out and you will eventually. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you have not subscribed yet, please head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and hit that subscribe button. And also, if you have a second, leave us a review. Lastly, we have a private Facebook group. If you are looking for a tribe of like-minded leaders who are unconventional in their approach, but dedicated to making an impact, head over to Facebook and type in unconventional leaders, and we will be sure to add you. You guys have a great week.